Jesus, we pray in this place today as we worship you. Lord, your spirit saturate us. Meet us, every, every piece of our core, every piece of our body, every piece of our spirit, God. That you be in us and through us and with us today, God. We need you. We need you, Lord. We need you for everything. We need you for strength. We need you for power. We need you for wisdom. We need you for direction. We need your touch in so many areas of our lives, all areas. I know today there are many not even here today because they're so sick. We've got so many in our church family battling sickness, bronchitis, the flu, all of it. And Lord, they can't even be here today because they're that sick. And so Lord, um, I just pray your healing hand upon those folks today, wherever they may be, whatever they're struggling with physically there. Lord, we know today there are those here that are dealing with other things. Um, maybe it's a job situation, financial. Maybe it's you know approaching this new year, what that means to them, or you know the fears that come with that. Maybe it's a broken relationship, marital relationship, family dynamics with your kids or your parents or. God, what do you want to show us and do in us? Help us to not focus on you, Lord Jesus, and, and not just our problems, but we come to you because we can. We come to you. Say, Lord, help us in this today. Help us with our attitude. Help us with this situation. We ask it of you, God. Show us. Move us. Father, help us to take a step today, whatever that is. Maybe it's to have that conversation with somebody that needs to happen. Maybe it's to make that connection because, God, that connection with someone could be all the difference in our day, our week, our future. Let us not, Father, as we sing that song, really all the songs today, God, that we limit you, that we limit you in our little feeble minds or problems. Let us see you for your full glory, God, sense your presence in and around us. Help us not to be fearful approach your throne fully and with courage knowing that you're going to meet us right there with all that you are Father I pray for those that are seeking those things today help them do that help your word speak into their lives today may we not just sit through another sermon may we not just sit through church per se God and check the box or go through the motions we do that's what we'll get Lord I thank you that you meet us fully here every time you meet us fully daily in our lives so we trust you we put our faith in you we lift you up in this place and on beyond this place today because you are God thank you for Jesus thank you for saving us when we didn't deserve it you loved us way before we ever could think about loving you and we thank you for that love you. We praise your name today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you guys today, especially as I alluded to in the prayer. When we've had so many people sick, just continue to remember, folks, um, you know, and I know it's not just our area or our church. Uh, there's a lot of sick people everywhere. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, the germs and the fall. I mean, it, it's there. And, man, so just continue, though, to lift these families up, these folks up um, in, in that time. But I am glad you're here today. Um, and uh, you look good. So that's, that's a good thing, right? From here, you look good anyway. That was a joke. And so you see who's awake. No, you really do. You really do. Um, but no, we are glad you're here. And, you know, when I was, we were looking at this message series that we're doing. You know, one of the things that, that obviously as we think about the new year, I know in my personal life, um, you always, as you approach the new year, as you approach life any time of the year, but especially New Year's kind of gets us in this boat. You know, you're thinking about the things that you want to get accomplished in the new year. You're thinking about the things that you haven't accomplished. You're thinking about all those to-do lists or things that at home you know you need to do. Um, or maybe there's goals that you know you personally need to try to attain or things you want to do spiritually in your life that you know God's called you to that you've not done. But I guess in saying that, I've kind of prefaced my opening is that how many of you have things that you want to get around to that you've just not done it? How many of you still have your Christmas decorations up and you have just not done it? Amen. Amen. It's okay. There's no judging here. Um, but yeah, right? I mean, there are things that we do. There's things that we, excuse me, want to do that it seems like we never get around to it. We've got these hopes, these plans, these dreams, these ideas. We never put it to practice quite yet. We're thinking about it. We know it needs to happen. And yet it hasn't been followed through on. Why haven't we followed through? Why haven't we done that? Why haven't we done that yet? Well, I think some of us would say things like, we're waiting for the right moment. Well, we're waiting till I get this all right, just perfectly in order, right? We're waiting till, you know, it just feels right. We're waiting to, 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 to make sure I've got just enough money to get that done, or maybe a little more time, a little more self-discipline, or fewer problems, whatever. We could go on and on. And I know we've talked about this subject before, and I think it's important every time in the New Year to at least talk about it and think about it. But really, when we, we talk about that waiting that we're talking about, it is what? It's procrastination. It's putting that off that you know that needs to happen. And we all struggle with it. So in this series that we've been in called Overdrive, we know that we've been talking about how do, how do we get there? How do we get in this overdrive living as a, as a believer, as a church, personally in our lives? Well, how do we get to that sweet spot where we're in overdrive living? And one crucial aspect of that, believe it or not, is just getting started. <laughs> For some of us, that's, that's one of the hardest steps, if not the hardest step, is to get started, especially depending on our wiring. And for many of us, it's the hardest step. I know there are so many areas that all of us can say that we maybe procrastinate in, some that we are more prone to procrastinate in. Um, whether it's a deadline we need to meet, a birthday card that's got to go out, or that birthday wish that you know you always are late on. Uh, my family, I think, has just gotten accustomed to getting their birthday wish, you know, at the midnight hour. Or, 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 you know, maybe it's even things spiritually like your quiet time, you know. It seems like, man, I, I just want to get to that, but I never get to it. Um, for some of us, it's like filing our taxes. Uh, you know, tax time is coming up, and you would not believe the amount of people that wait till April the 15th to file their taxes. To the point that there are post office branches still today that are open until midnight on tax day. Now, this year, you get a break because I think it's like April 17th. So you get a couple extra days. But 
Wow, I mean, can you imagine what the ones that are open, what that, that line for stamps is uh, at the post office at that moment? I think I want to go check this out. I know there's a lot of e-filing going on, but we, maybe we'll take a road trip if somebody wants to, to see what's going on. But wow, procrastination, right? I mean, literally waiting till midnight of April of tax day to get it done. But we're like that. When push comes to shove, man, then we're finally kind of ready to do something. Here's what I know. When it comes to procrastination, it's not because I don't really want to do a good job. It's not because I don't want to get it done, right? Most of the time, it's because we allow ourselves to believe the lie. What's the lie? That tomorrow will make this easier. Tomorrow, I'll feel more like doing this. Tomorrow, I will get my life more in order and get myself organized and we'll be ready. And then we end up falling in that land of nowhere, which is the someday I wills. (laughs) I want to talk to you about how we can turn that around today. I want to talk about how we can get started living in overdrive at the moment. And as you think about this picture, as we've had kind of this visual of our, of our cars being in overdrive, right? You're not going to get down the road somewhere in your car until you start the engine. And so for some of us, we're not getting to where we need to get because we're not even starting the engine like we're supposed to. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to see this through the story of Zacchaeus and Jesus. Many of you know the story very familiar, but I think it's always great to reread it in the Scripture so that we get a fresh look at it. Luke chapter 19 is where we're going to be. If you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be on the screen or on the YouVersion Bible app with notes today if you'd like to look at it there on your smart device. But Luke 19, let's look at this together. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector. See the connection of the illustration? I'm just kidding. And was wealthy, and he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, amen, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, believe it or not, when you look at this story, there's a lot of teaching things happening. But one of the things that we're going to see this morning as we look at this is that the story of Zacchaeus speaks to our putting off. It speaks to us when we know we're supposed to do something, if God's calling us to something, if if, if we know that we're supposed to take a step in this area of our life and we do not, we're putting it off. And so we're going to look at some principles quickly this morning that show us some things about this. And the first one is this. A small step today is better than a big step tomorrow. A small step today is better 
then a big step tomorrow. You see, the reason for this is that, as we talked about earlier in that kind of I wills, or, you know, it's going to happen, the someday I wills, you know, tomorrow never exactly comes like we hope that it will. It just doesn't. Many times we think tomorrow I'll be more prepared, I'll be up to the challenge emotionally, I'll have more energy. But it never works that way. The next day always finds us kind of saying the same things. Tomorrow I'll be even better. <laughs> and we're still there. You see, when I look at this story, one of the things I love is Zacchaeus, he had this opportunity to see Jesus and what? He didn't want to miss it. Here he is, this short man, wee little man, and he doesn't want to miss Jesus. Here he has this opportunity to have this encounter with Jesus, and he didn't want to miss it. So because there were no guarantees about the encounter with Jesus, he took a step. He took a step, and he decided because he was that wee little man that he, would, he better get up high where he could see Jesus. And so what do we see in verse 3 and 4? He says, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. This is crucial because we see that what? Zacchaeus had to do something. He took a step. There was an action that came behind that. He didn't think, oh, I'll see him next time. There will be another day to get Jesus. I encourage you this morning, whatever it is that you've been putting off, get started. Get started today. And for some of us, it's different things. I know, I don't have time to name every possible thing in this place, but maybe I mentioned something that jars something in you today. You know, for some of us, you know, when it comes to physical things, you know, a walk around the block that, is, that you can do today is better than a five-mile run you'll never have tomorrow. Some of us, let's start there. For others of us, a skip dessert today is better than the radical new diet that you'll never start tomorrow. Five minutes spent in prayer today is better than the hour of prayer that just overwhelms you that you don't feel that you can sit and do. Things like simply saying I love you to your spouse or to your kids is a step that you can maybe do better today that you can't fix everything overnight that's happened over the last months and years. I could go on and on, but some of us, we're so scared of the big picture that we don't take the small step that we can take today. When I think about that, I think God honors when we take a step in the right direction. I think he does. I think he honors that, and no matter how small it is, no matter how insignificant it might even seem, I think God honors that. So if you were here last week, we alluded to it, you know, reading the Word. If you're not doing that, start reading the Bible today. Do it. Commit to serving in a ministry today if you're not doing that. Take a, st a step in one of these areas that maybe God's speaking to you about today as you hear this. He's already impressing something on your mind and heart right now. Don't miss that. Don't blow by that. I want to show you a second thing this morning. We need to listen to the Lord's calling in our lives. We need to listen to what he's saying to us. We need to listen to what he's calling us to do. 
I know we talk about this all the time, but, you know, I think it's important as we especially look at this story. Um, I firmly believe that the Lord is speaking to us, you know, speaking to us to be doing something all the time. I don't tell you that to like make you sit and be like, what's he telling me right this moment? What's he telling me right this moment? Okay, what's he telling me right now? No, that's not what I'm talking about. We don't live in this perpetual fear of, of, of kind of this obsessive, compulsive, every five seconds, God, what are you telling me now? What are you telling me now? However, I do think as we read his word, we have quiet time, or even as we're driving down the road, or we're having those moments where we're talking with God, we need to be listening to his voice and his impression in our lives. Not an audible voice that comes out and speaks out loud, but God, what are you impressing upon me? What are you trying to show me? And so many times, so many times, God will put things right in front of us that he's trying to show us because he knows we don't get it. It's amazing how God does that stuff. I mean, give you a quick example. I mean, as you know, as I've shared about my uncle passing away, he, he's many, mentally handicapped his entire life. My, my family grew up with that. My mom is his, is his sister, grew up with, with that her whole life and what that entailed and what that meant and how, you know, as you go out in public, how that's different than people who don't struggle with that, etc. After his passing away, they go out to eat Friday night in a restaurant totally out of town, not even in the town we live in, and she gets seated right by another family with a mentally handicapped child. She's been really wrestling with, do I still minister to, because to, I can minister to folks, that, you know, they've gone through this, families that have gone through this. And there, God's like, hmm. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, what were the chances that I sit down in a restaurant that we've not been to in a long time, totally out of town, that we're sitting right by family, that we begin a discussion, and I look over in their child. My mom's like, keep praying about that for me. And I'm like, I'll pray with you about it, but I think God's showing you. God does that in our lives. I love here, look at what happens in the scripture. Look at verse, verse 5 and what, what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I've always loved that part of the story because there is an urgency in Jesus' words. What does he say? He says, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He was saying to Zacchaeus, don't wait. Don't put this off. Don't procrastinate. Something important is about to happen. And how does Zacchaeus respond? Look at the next verse. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. He invited Jesus to his house. I know some of you ladies right now, you're like, my house ain't ready. I can't. My house isn't clean. I don't have groceries. I don't have stuff to give to eat. My laundry's sitting in the middle of the living room. Anybody put their laundry in the living room? Am I the only one? Dog it. But no, you know, Jesus, he didn't say, or excuse me, that kid didn't say, I'm not ready. My house isn't prepared. I don't have enough food. I don't have party favors in hand. This place is a wreck. It's the maid's day off. He didn't say any of those things. He didn't say, hey, can we do this a week from Friday when I've got this off my calendar done? And yeah. No, he invited Jesus into his home. And what happened? 
spur-of-the-moment meeting led to a complete life change for Zacchaeus right then. How many of us is God about to do a life change? I don't know what that is exactly. For some of us in this place, it's, it's becoming a child of the king. <laughs> For some of us, it, it's a different spur-of-the-moment step. Listen, taking the step and giving even 10 minutes to something can make all the difference. Because here's what I found in my own life. When you start on something, you'll most of the time develop momentum. You'll get rhythm. And it'll take you farther than you ever thought you would have gone with it. I know, I know as I, many times as I do message prep, I start with nuggets. And all of a sudden, as I begin to get momentum, I'll work from those nuggets. And boom, next thing you know, I'm done with it. That's, that's how it works in our lives. I know things like projects, they can make us freak out and they look a lot bigger than they actually are. And that's, you know, what's key there is that it's the word appear. They appear worse than they are. They feel bigger, but they're not really bigger. And so we then begin to say things like, well, I'm a month behind. What good will 10 minutes do? Or what good will an hour do? Or whatever. I just want to say to you on that, is 10 minutes gets you closer to completion. (laughs) Even if you can work on this thing for 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes better than you were there. We can't believe that lie. In so many areas of our life, this is true. Ten minutes of personal attention to our wife or our husband can make all the difference. Ten minutes of attention to giving time to your children can make all the difference. Ten minutes alone with the Lord can make all the difference. So his voice is nudging you for a reason, and you need to listen to him. Don't ignore it. And that leads me to this third one. We all have to save perfection for another day. And that's tough because a lot of us, we're wired, we want it to be right. We want it to be good. We want it to be excellent. And we do, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem is we tend to procrastinate because we want it so perfect. And we think that today we just don't have it in us to get it done perfect. We just don't have the amount of time we need to get it done perfect. And it falls back into that lie of the tomorrows. I heard somebody say, if you really want to procrastinate, why don't you procrastinate towards perfectionism, not procrastinate on what you need to be doing? <laughs> it's like, uh, this t-shirt said, procrastinate later. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that's it. That's what we all got to try to do is put that tendency to put things off away. So if perfectionism is tempting you, then practice being perfect tomorrow, but today you will be doing. <laughs> that will help you be productive. I mean, when you go back to the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, look what happens in verse 7 and 8. All the people saw this and began to mutter, and he had gone to be the guest of a sinner, is what he, they said. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. First of all, there's always going to be people that's going to say something about what you're doing. <laughs> just is. There's always going to be somebody that are going to even say things that are just not true. Don't let that be a stumbling block for you. Because too many times we allow when we know we're 
supposed to take this step or we're supposed to do this whatever, we let someone go, well, you don't know what this could do to that. And then what do we do? I take no step. All right. You got to be careful of that. People are always going to have an opinion. Ask those who ran for president the past year. (laughs) Second, what happened to Zacchaeus? A life change happened. I don't want us to, to miss that because he said, Jesus, what does Zacchaeus say? He said, Jesus, I want to start doing things right. I'm going to give half my money to the poor and I'm going to pay four times the amount to anyone I've cheated. Wow. Immediate life change. And maybe today God is calling you to some sort of life change. Maybe, maybe you have been very comfortable in some things. And he's saying to you today, I really don't want you to be comfortable there anymore. Do you think it was comfortable for this man to give half of his money away? No. I guarantee it wasn't comfortable or easy. But that's the difference when he met Jesus, how much it changed his life. He was really, he's willing to give it. I'm not talking about money, people. That's the example we see here, but I'm talking about giving of yourself, giving of whatever is comfortable for you. I love here when we look at the next response. Look at what Jesus said. He said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Salvation came because Zacchaeus responded to Jesus' invitation. That's why. And Jesus is inviting you today. He's inviting you to let him be Lord of your life. He's inviting you to let him truly be Lord of your life and Lord of everything. I love this because what do we see? He didn't wait, did he? He, he might not have felt, he, Zacchaeus might not have felt completely prepared to have the king of kings come into his house, but he didn't wait. And as a result, his life changed. Man, I couldn't help but all week just keep thinking about, man, what if there is one, five, 10, 20, 30 in the life of our church that this would change today? What would that do? Some of you today, you're waiting for that perfect feeling to come to Christ. Don't believe that lie. That there's, you're just going to have this perfect moment that you're going to come to Christ. The very fact that you're here today might be the moment that God is calling you to him. Don't miss that. Give your life to him. Some of you, you're waiting to get other things in order. You're waiting to get baptized until it feels right. You're, you're waiting to join the church until you feel like your house is in perfect order or you're waiting um, for different things. Don't wait till those things are perfect. You know you're supposed to do that. You need to do that. You've already been told that. You know it impressed upon your heart. Follow through. Do it. Jesus came once and for all. He came to redeem, to set us free. He came to give us abundant and eternal life. He came to be your Savior. He went to the cross and died for your sins so that you you could be forgiven, be saved, but more than that, he would know you personally. And you would have a relationship with him. Why? Because we need him. You need him. 
I'll close quickly with this story. It's a silly story, but it makes a very point, a very pointed point. It's an old tale of it said that Satan once called his demon assistants to him, and he said he would send one of them to earth to bring about destruction of the souls of men and women. And so he called upon those to step forward, his demons, of who would like to help him. And so one demon stepped out and said, I would love to go, Satan. And so Satan said, if I send you, what will you tell them to ensure their destruction to humans? And he said, I will tell them that there is no heaven. And Satan says, they won't believe you. It won't work. He said, who else? Another demon steps forward and he says, asks the same question. And this time the demon said, I will tell them there is no hell. Hmm. And then Satan says, they'll never believe that. It won't work. So then finally a third demon comes forth and Satan says, if I send you, what will you say to the men and women to aid them in their destruction? And this time the demon said, I will tell them there is no hurry. I will tell them there is no hurry. And Satan said, that will work. Go. Wow. Could that be around us? Oh, yeah. There's demon at work around us. And if, the, if you can better believe that if he can get us not to care and to never be urgent, what has that done? My prayer for us today is that's not us. There's so many things that we know we're supposed to do. Little things, physical things to spiritual things, you name it. Let's not let the world look at us and go, well, look at those lazy, disobedient Christ followers. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? The thing that stands between us and the life that we're meant to live is that we put things off. Don't let us do that. Overdrive. We can begin today. The small step that we take today will carry us further than the big step we're going to take tomorrow. The, the, the first step, we need to take it. Don't try to do it all in one day. You probably can't. But if you can't make a big commitment, make a little commitment. Forget about trying to be perfect. Be productive, even if it's little chunks at the time. And it needs to begin in our spiritual lives. Pray, God, I'm getting on track right now. I'm taking my first step in your direction. I can't make the entire journey, but I can make some progress. Do this in every way, in every area of your life. And I promise you, you'll see a difference. Some of you, you need to take some step today. What is it? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. What is today God speaking to you about? What are you delaying today? What has he told you or showed you or impressed upon you that you haven't yet obeyed? Are you waiting to that perfect moment? Are you waiting for that fully open door? If there's a small step you need to take today, will you take it?
Maybe it's a conversation with God. Maybe it's coming to this altar and just laying it bare, face down to God. Maybe it's praying with someone. Some of you here today, God's impressing upon you that you need to give your life to him and follow him with all your heart and soul and mind. To let him be Lord of your life. Will you take that step today? Will you give him your life? I'll be down front to talk with you about the most important decision you'll ever make. 14 years old, I took that step and it changed my life. I had this as a keyest moment in my life where it didn't matter how good I was, it didn't matter how much money I had in the bank, it didn't matter any of those things, I knew that I needed to be saved because I was sinful. And I needed to give my life to him and let him save me and let me live for him. Have I been perfect? Absolutely not. But man, knowing that Jesus died for me and that he is my Lord, it gives me the desire and the want to live for him every day. Will you give him your life today? Some of you need to listen to his calling and obey what he's been telling you for some time. He's already been telling you. It's not a matter of that. It's about you obeying. Do it. Some of you need to put that feeling of perfection aside because you know what? You'll never be perfect enough. Thank God that today God sees us perfect through his blood and it doesn't depend totally on me or you however God's leading today start your engine take a step Father God I thank you for your word there will be prayer warriors here as we come to pray if we need it this altar's open let us respond in this place and not be afraid God I thank you for your word I thank you for the story of Zacchaeus' life and Jesus the, the very moment that he yielded to your greatness and your goodness, God. It changed him forever. And Lord, it's the same in our lives. And Maybe we had that moment with you years ago, but you know what? Maybe things have gotten stale. <laughs> it doesn't need to be that way. Help us find that freshness in you, God. Help us to know that you're still alive and well, God, and you've got great things for us to accomplish in your kingdom. Fire up our engines in overdrive for you, God, and all that we are. Let's respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, you come as we sing.